With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Sunra. 3-0. Great feeling to the season. Um, and as... Uh, Sam Toma's article uh, on fullpresscoverage.com slash Packers uh, came out recently. He mentioned in the article it was finally the time to get a, a win against a, a real quality opponent. And, you know, division games are always close, so they're always a little closer than they should be, you could say. And neither game ended up being particularly close, I mean, uh, between the Vikings and Lions. So this really was a test you know, in a lot of ways for the Packers. The offensive line held up amazingly in week one, but it, it was expected to. And week two, I thought, at the very least, that would be attested. You know what? I thought they actually did really well to uh, um, contain the, the you know the Lions' pass rush. I know Jamie Collins did get one sack on Aaron Rodgers, but outside of that, I kept clean uh, pretty well, actually. So uh, kudos to them there. This was also going to be another test. And uh, I think uh, right off the bat, starting right tackle Billy Turner... Uh, getting his first game action, and um, I do wonder if either of my co-hosts were here talking right now, maybe they wouldn't be as forgiving. Turner didn't look great in the first quarter, I will say. I mean, he there were some mistakes, both on, in run blocking and in pass protection on that opening drive early and throughout the first quarter, but I felt Turner, you know, was pretty good late in the game, or, or certainly as the game got on, he, it seemed like he got better. I chalked it up to this was, again, his first game action of the season, he was active for week two, but didn't play at all. Uh, it was really the, oh, if, if stuff really goes wrong and we have n- no bodies to be able to play offensive line, he would have played. But uh, he was healthy, good to go right off the bat week one and uh, got the start over Ricky Wagner. So clearly the Packers really happy with Turner in that regard. And I do now wonder, 
maybe if Elton Jenkins starting at right tackle week one was more the fact that Billy Turner was nearly if Billy Turner was healthy that might have been the play the whole time anyway uh maybe that's still the play long term maybe maybe I don't know I was impressed though because I wasn't expecting as soon as I saw that he was starting really wanted Wagner because Wagner has been playing really well but again uh Turner stepped up uh was a was a great play again throughout uh other than maybe some miscues early on but again chalking it up to maybe game speed it seems like he he can play right tackle I know he did that with the Broncos but seeing it with the Packers and seeing him make it so that he's not a weak link for them um because I mean if you're on a bad line and you're the only good player you can make that look look good and you can kind of you know people point well he's not as bad as everyone else right but can, can he really keep up with an excellent offensive line that and and play at that elite level that the, the rest of the line is playing at right now um you know you could maybe maybe you wouldn't call lucas patrick elite but he certainly played really well um having to handle some interior pressure i know again marcus davenport wasn't in this game for the saints so there's always something you know, something missing there uh i guess it's basically equaled out injury wise on both sides davenport for the saints kenny clark for the packers Michael Thomas for the Saints, Devontae Adams for the Packers. So you kind of go in. No excuses. This was a, you know, coming in with an an even contest. And um, I got to say, one thing that really impressed me with the Packers before we get into anything else, and there may be some controversy around this because of, and I mean, I I wouldn't even say necessarily anything the Packers' fault, but uh, I mean, kudos to them. Two penalties the entire game. I mean, that's that's huge. That type of discipline, uh, I think it was five penalties or six penalties in week two. So it's it's going like it's it's moving in that proper direction. The Saints got eight penalties and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Some of those were just plain awful. The Malcolm Jenkins horse collar tackle, which to be fair, I thought live because we couldn't really see because the body's like, oh, the way Jones went down, that's got to be a horse collar. But then you see the replay. It's no, he just he just makes a great tackle. And so got penalized for that, which I think pretty sure the Packers scored off that drive. Um, that that, that kind of, I, I didn't like that. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, I don't want to see the game decided in that fast. I want the Packers to beat the Saints properly. And I mean, there's maybe some other calls. The, the one people might point to is the Mercedes Lewis off no no offensive pass interference which to be fair we were you know i think i mentioned this uh, i mentioned this somewhere but how it it was consistent week one they were calling it super heavy though but what i didn't like about it is that they were calling it offensive pass interference in situations where players were trying to liberate themselves from from penalties and you know fight through try and make the play like they're supposed to and if the refs are penalizing players for that my worry is that receivers are just going to start diving because because to be honest that's kind of what the dd started doing too i really see with uh jalen ramsey on that one on michael gallup really learning to sell it so at a certain point maybe the receivers are going to start selling it again and we don't want to see that happen so i think it was in the best interest of the league to really if a player is fighting like hand fighting through contact or if, if he's if a player is being interfered with and liberates himself in an illegal manner it kind of evens itself out. You're not going to make a call. And I feel like that's what they started doing more this week. I, and, you know, and, and you know, obviously the Packers game, it didn't happen. There's the play where it might have been able to, but you know, the Saints player coming in, contacting Lewis first. Lewis frees himself and you know gets the catch and finds the end zone. Um, 
when I watched it, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I thought that was a good touchdown and there was talk, but, but really like I didn't see anything else anywhere in the NFL this week where, Oh, this, this should have been touchdown or this great play could have been catch is taken away by a bad offensive pass interference. So it seems as though the league week one really put an emphasis on it. And then maybe they went, they got some really close examples where in both cases, maybe they were, the refs were kind of instructed. This is the side of the line you tow on. You're going to call this more often than not. You know, this is you. We would, you know, you should default to calling this if you're not if you're not certain. And I think maybe after you know after two big plays taken away in two key games, right at the very end too, and, and unfortunately, right in the fourth quarter, really magnifies magnifies things. Um, but it seems like and the outcry against that. There's a lot of people who thought those were just awful calls, but really, it seems like okay, that's that's what the NFL was pushing. And now they, they adjusted after week one, realizing oh, this you know clearly isn't what the fans want. Uh, things being decided by flags. And again, my, my point of if you're going to start penalizing receivers for trying to break free of contact, they're just going to start diving anytime they feel any contact. And then that, then the game's not good. And then it's going to be more flags, even worse. So I think the NFL made a good decision over these last couple of weeks to kind of you know, NFL officiating. Again, this is me speculating here. I'm just, what do I know? Uh, um, I, I mean, so, but, but in that regard, I think that's what's kind of happened here is they've, they're not easing up, but they're, they're defaulting on, okay, what, what the tolerance is for this offensive pass interference. And I think they're, they're pushing that tolerance up or down. I'm not sure, but they're making it. So it's, it's, it needs to be more obvious. It's like, they really need to don't do it unless it's absolutely hundred percent sure, certain. If there's any thought of, Oh, did the defender initiate contact there? It seems like they're just going to let him do at least that's, that was the case with Lewis. So, you know, saints fans may turn to that for controversial calls, but again, karma, right? <laughs> like at a certain point, the saints, you know, I may, you know, it happened a decade ago, but bounty, the bounty gate's probably still the worst case of cheating ever seen just because of the intent to maliciously hurt players is just awful. And I, I, I still can't get over Greg Williams being in the league. Cause I don't think he's that good of a coordinator. And to my, and this is actually something I want to talk about here. I'll won't rant about Greg Williams cause he's not even involved in this game, but through the broadcast, one thing that was mentioned by Collinsworth a few times is, Oh, Dennis Allen trying to get this, this team to play like a Greg Williams defense. And my thinking is why, this that man is awful. Like we saw what he did as a defensive coordinator of the Saints. Yeah, they won a Super Bowl by basically bullying their way to the league and ending quarterbacks' careers. Um, kind of super happy the Packers didn't actually face the Saints in the playoffs that year. That's aside. Um, it and aside from that, I you know Greg Williams has a lot of these calls. The safeties are so deep down the field. You're leaving so much of the field exposed. There's a lot of schematic things I disagree with Greg Williams to a certain extent. Um, and you know. I think that that I don't think Collinsworth is wrong when he says that he's try Dennis Allen's defense tries to play like a Greg Williams defense because we see it with the penalties overly aggressive. But again, you know it says eight penalties. I'll give them seven because again the Malcolm Jenkins one really shouldn't have been a penalty. But outside of that, I mean, frankly, they should have had more penalties. They had the the roughing the kicker, running to the kicker thing, which I thought was blatantly obvious. Uh, that they not only landed on his plant foot, but he contacted the the foot kicking as it was coming down. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I, I was baffled they didn't call that. So I thought the Saints actually got one there. So I'm not giving the Saints any extra karma or credit. Um, 
they're an undisciplined team and they showed it. There was many of those penalties that were deserved. So I think kudos to the Packers for being the more disciplined team. And I do think that factored in heavily because, um, you know, two penalties, zero turnovers for the Packers. Eight penalties, only one turnover for the Saints. Although they did fumble three times. Uh, lucky enough to recover twice. And I was thinking that through the game. It's like eventually, okay, if they keep making the Saints fumble, eventually the Packers have to recover one of these, right? I didn't think Breeze was going to throw an interception. He's... He's really good at avoiding that. Not Rodgers good, but almost as good. Which, basically, that's been Drew Brees' career, right? Not as good as Rodgers, but almost as good. Uh, even almost as good seems like it's too much credit. Uh, truthfully, Brees played really well, though. I will say, it, you know, the lack of Michael Thomas was apparent. Um, much easier time covering receivers. I actually thought Kevin King did a, a fantastic job most of the time. I think it was really only one play. Oh, yeah, Sanders touchdown at the end. That was the only play that he got burned really bad. Uh, maybe one other play, I think, by Traquan Smith. But for the most part, Kevin King actually stepped up really well. We expected Jair Alexander to do amazing. Um, it, Sanders was shut out anytime Alexander was covering him. Again, just like we've seen the last uh, all of last year. There were, three, there were three games last year where it happened. So uh, this is another game where it happened. It just, again, Sanders, I think as Traquan Smith kind of be, started to be... Okay, he was making catches, kind of becoming a threat. Move Alexander towards that direction, or maybe the Saints finding ways to get Sanders off of Alexander as well. Could be a lot of that. Uh, a lot of mixes there. Sean Payton's great at that. So, even, you know, unlike maybe Kyle Shanahan we saw last year, who won't necessarily, you know, you know Kyle Shanahan, so it's the the run game's so entangled. That's where his, his attention to detail is going to be. So he doesn't, it seems like Kyle Shanahan doesn't really care which receiver's being covered by which corner. That's not his priority in, in the offense. It's really, how is our offensive line doing? How can I call plays to exploit that? With Sean Payton, it, it really does come through the passing game first, it seems, where his offensive philosophy. So the detail of which receiver's being covered by which corner and trying to find those matches. I think Sean Payton, you know, obviously getting Sanders open at the end, good job of that. Um, the other thing too, I'll, I'll, I will toot my own horn here because I did actually predict this, uh, and I was saying it everywhere. I expected Lattimore to cover Marcus Valdez Scantling. That the deep threat, the speed of Valdez Scantling, would be what scared the Saints the most. We saw a lot of it early, and I think as Alan Lazard started getting catches, started seeing more Lattimore. Um, the first of his almost touchdowns because <laughs> Lazard had a couple of really big plays. It wasn't the I think what seventy-two yard play at catch and run. It was the big diving catch. He beat Lattimore deep. I was really impressed, and Alan Lazard, um, like that to me, that play impressed me maybe more than the seventy-two yard play, uh, just because again, who was covering him corner-wise, he was able to get past him deep, um, even though Lattimore has been a, a lockdown guy, and really Rogers kind of avoided that direction most of the game. I mean, Valdez Scantling, he only had the one catch, and I think a lot of that started coming as Lattimore started getting onto Lazard more. Uh, but certainly that early time, it was one of the, again, really the only time anyone had gotten that far open against Lattimore. So Rogers took the shot. Lazard made a great diving catch because Lattimore actually recovered and got there to almost break that play up. But, it, you know, great catch by Lattimore to, or by Lazard. Right? Well, again, Lattimore recovering, not so much for letting him get open, but I mean, Lazard, six catches, 146 yards, one touchdown, um, massive plays it, it, you know both early in the game and late in, in both halves really that just tilted field position and you know set the Packers up to to be in positions to score and I just, you know I was really impressed uh almost almost the point of giving player of the game but uh you know this is a, this is a game where I, 
I, it's probably obvious. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, Lazard, again, I made the right call with the coverage-wise in terms of anticipating, so not... I am surprised Lazard played this well, because I, th- I still thought Janoris Jenkins would be a tough cover, but really Lazard seemed to be getting open a lot against Jenkins, so uh, good on him. And really, if if that's that's the game plan, I think now even more confidence in Lazard than there has been maybe ever because I, I suppose that there was the game, the first game against the lions last year where he really just, okay, came onto the field, made a catch and suddenly realized, Oh wait, he's the only one making catches. Just keep targeting him. Um, that was the, that was the only game really where he had massive success without Devonte Adams. Think about the giants game. Adams was there by then. And then the second lions game, again, it was, that was all Adams and Lazard. They got most of the targets. Uh, I believe no other wide receiver saw more than one target in that game. So, um, but really, it was interesting to see, you know, Lazard get eight. Next highest target was actually Robert Tanya with five. If I, you know, if I said anyone, I thought it might be either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Uh, Jones had four targets, so it wasn't totally off there. Jamal Williams, though, just the one target. I did think maybe I was expecting to see a little bit more usage out of him, but uh, uh, obviously Lazard was a, a very worthy target. Um, it was nice to see the tight ends get involved. Uh, um, Tanyan, Lewis both scored touchdowns and Tanyan and Sternberger, they liked using, they ran this one play a few times and the Saints really had no answer for it. Uh, they would just, uh, you know, fake run to the left, get everyone out that way and have the, the tight end go right or whatever the direction, opposite direction of the run. It just, it seemed to happen a lot going towards the left, um, and just have that tight end get out open. And, and really, the Saints had such a hard time covering it. Uh, the Packers ran the fakes really well. Rodgers actioned it so well. Um, and truthfully, like it just seems that at will, if they needed to get a first down, that was their play. And it, and it worked. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, tons of great news for the Packers, right? Let's actually get to the bad news now. Because, there, you know, there definitely was. Uh, first of which is the run defense. Uh, 100 yards rushing, 58 for Kamara, 58 for Murray. Kind of funny how that works. And actually, it's funny. Kamara was really just one big run, technically. 49-yard run. So outside of that, 9 yards on 5 carries. So they held him in check on the ground, mostly. As a receiver, however, not the case. Uh, Very much not the case. And, uh, you know, Christian Kirksey getting hurt early, I think that really messed things up. Uh... But there was a, you know, Kamara's first touchdown. Um, it was uh, it was Barnes, I think, actually in zone against him, and he had a, and I think it was I think it was Amos as a deep free safety uh, as well, kind of in that over the middle where Kamara would go into, um, and I don't know. I, it's tough to know exactly where to be to cover, right? Like, okay, where, where you know, especially in a, in a zone situation like that, and and knowing that Kamara is probably the target, he could come out of either side of the backfield, up the middle. Like, there's so many places where he he could be, but I just felt that Barnes wasn't centered enough. He was too much off the side, maybe trying to predict. And I also felt 
I, I don't know if I, I felt he was maybe not. I think he was, he was almost too deep to be that far away because as soon as Kamara cut inward, he, he didn't, he couldn't, he had no pursuit on him and he couldn't, couldn't catch up. And, and Amos was really too far away to stop him from, from scoring a touchdown. He did come up, but Kamara's so fast. He'll he'll make, he'll make so many guys miss. That was one, that was one where I wasn't as necessarily blamed on, on Amos. Uh, it was just more of a great play by Kamara, but there was, there was the 52 yard reception. So the screen pass, and it was Will Redman. There was a few plays in this game. Will Redman, I thought, kind of blew some coverages or missed some tackles. But this was obviously the massive one. Um, trying to remember where else. But there was another play I noted where he... I think it might have been on Kamara's 49-yard run. He took a bad angle um, in pursuit. Came a little... Too, again, a little... You know, sometimes just those angles. And came a little too sharp and... Kabara beat him flat and couldn't get him, and he beat him to the outside and was able to gain you know, a ton of yards on that run play. Um, but no, on, on the the yeah the, the famous one now the fifty two yarder, um, and I thought one thing they were doing well earlier in that driver I guess the play before a couple plays before was you know run blitzing and getting him from behind the offensive line, which you know means defensive backs have to come back. Which also means if defensive backs are doing that, there aren't as many guys behind the line of scrimmage. So maybe taking advantage of them having Amos and Savage come a little deeper. Um, but then, yeah, on this 52-yard screen pass, Redmond comes in and he can tackle him for maybe a modest gain of one or two yards. Uh, kind of contacts him, but not really. You know, just flat-out misses. Like, And then... Ty Summers comes in, and I thought Ty Summers actually had a really good game, made some good cover plays on, on Kamara earlier in, in the game. This is when he almost wrapped up, but not quite, and Kamara's pretty strong. I mean, you know, fast, explosive guy. Got some strength to him, too, and he was able to withstand that. So, But regardless of how strong Kamara is, as a, as a linebacker, you should be making that play. So another missed tackle there. And then once those two didn't make it, there was really no one else around to immediately make that play. So Kabara just got a, a huge leg of speed by the time the next person came. Uh, it was Jair Alexander coming across the other side of the field. We see him do that a lot too. Uh, but you know, by the time he gets there, he Kabara makes him miss. Uh, and then Amos Savage, both try and come up at the end. And then, um, I think it was Lancaster kind of came back from behind, wasn't quite able to catch it before the end zone. I, I mean, at a certain point, that that's not really the defensive lineman's job, so I'm not going to blame him. But at the very least, like two two missed tackles that I know Kamara's ability is to force people to miss tackles, but those weren't forced. Those were just blatant mistakes by especially Will Redman. Um, I uh, I want to see the snap. Actually, one thing I wanted to check was the snap counts on this. Um, cause I was, why is real Redmond on the field so much? Um, Raven green only played 10% of defensive snaps. Whereas will Redmond was on for 52% of the snaps. To me, that doesn't make sense. Like, why is that not reversed? I'd rather have Raven green on more, most of the time than, than will Redmond. Um, I don't know. Maybe will Redmond is a strong safety. They feel like, okay, can cover running backs better somehow. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not a big Will Redmond fan. <laughs> if, if anything, now that Jimmy Graham's gone, it may not even be the tight ends anymore. Maybe Will, Will Redmond gets all of my ire. There's got to be a Packer I don't. I dislike. I don't know. I'm petty like that. I've, you, you've, you all know that as listeners. If you've listened long enough. And if you don't, well, welcome. <laughs> um, but seriously, that was... I mean, if he makes the play, that play doesn't happen. Like He, he stops that play before Kabar can get any head of steam. And then Summers should have made the play too. Those were two very obvious misses. 
the one on Alexander, like it was a it was a good cut by Kabar, especially when he has that much speed. It's almost impossible to to predict. He can cut he can cut so well, but still, I, you know, there was some blocking established as well as that point. So it's tough to blame anyone beyond that as much as I blame again, especially Will Redmond, but also Ty Summers. I don't want, but but again, Ty Summers uh, stepping in. I already mentioned the Christian Kirksey injury. It does appear this is going to be a multi-week injury. Uh, uh, the reports are he's not going to need surgery, so he's avoided any significant, serious, you know, season-ending injuries. Um, yeah, but Summers, I thought having to come in, you know, get the helmet, be the the signal caller on defense against Drew Brees. This is one of the brightest, sharpest quarterback minds in the game, and I'll, I'll rip him a lot. But I mean, you know, just like. Just like Tom Brady, just like Aaron Rodgers, Breeze has that the defense can't fool me type of he knows everything. He's seen every type of coverage imaginable. And if you fool him once, he'll remember it and he'll figure it out. And he, he he's so great at dissecting. And in both teams, and both quarterbacks really tried to play that up and both defenses kind of aware of that. Um I know for the Saints, that's Malcolm Jenkins really, the, the signal caller, and just trying to call the perfect play to, to counter what they think the Packers are doing, and the Packers would do this on defense. So Ty Summers, huge responsibility on his shoulder in this game. And I thought from a defensive coverage standpoint, it seemed like they were always calling the right plays. Again, even on that Kamara touchdown, players were in the position to make those plays. They just didn't make the plays. So clearly, I mean, Pettin's picking the right place to call it, and Summers is making sure everyone's set up properly. So great on Summers to, to do that without... I mean, I'm assuming, you know, he's he's sitting in all of those linebacker meetings. He knows all this, but to actually practice it on the field and go through all those calls, and it, it you know, clearly clicked for him. So, um, I mean, he was on the field more than Barnes, which that wasn't the case before. But again, Barnes not the signal caller. So that was always going to be Barnes' role, knowing that, that uh, Summers... Really, yeah, it's that, that you know, that green, that green uh, sticker on the helmet, right? Uh, that's that's his job, and it looks like it's going to be his job for the next couple weeks. And the, uh, Falcons next, so um, yeah. I mean, I, Matt Ryan's a pretty smart quarterback too. I wouldn't quite say the breezes level, but it's still going to be a challenge there. But he's going to have all week to prepare. And, and again, I thought tackling wise, he seemed to be doing pretty well outside that one miss on on the the reception the, the screen there. Uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought that was great, great game by by Summers. So uh, maybe some faith in the Packers here, not not having a linebacker because as soon as Kirksey was out, I was out. Oh, this is where they should have drafted Patrick Queen, right? This is where if Patrick Queen was drafted, this wouldn't be an issue. But I'll give Summers credit, and um, again, it looks like Kamal Martin in training camp is also very capable, anticipating his return. Uh, maybe get him and Kirksey back healthy, and that linebacker core could be bolstered. Right now, though. Some key injuries for the Packers' defense is going to be a worry. You know, again, they, they, they've allowed a lot of points, but thankfully the offense has been in such a position to to play. And it, in a sense, it's complementary football because they know the offense is capable and the defense is so good from a pass rush perspective playing with the lead. They don't mind giving up big plays. I know, again, something Sam wrote in his article. So thanks, Sam. I'm, I'm taking from you. This is it's good, good material. But it, it's a defense that's designed primarily to get pressure and turnovers it's not a defense that's great playing from behind having to run stuff if kenny clarkson they they can do it well you know if kenny clarkson and christian kirksey's healthy and you know ty summers after this experience i think is going to grow so much more from this game than he has from any other game in his nfl career so 
once Clark's back in, it's fine. But until Clark's in, this run defense is just ugh, it's really scary. Pretty. I will say though, that, you know, the fact outside of that one big run for Kamara, that five carries for nine yards meant that he they were stopping him a lot. And uh, I know Latavius Murray ends up with I think what over four yards a carry, but for the most part, no big breakaway runs for Latavius Murray. But really, right now, this defense all hinges on Darius Smith, and we saw it. He, there was a few times, the, the Saints offensive line is great. They really did a great job neutralizing him. The one time he finally gets home, forces a, a fumble on Taysom Hill, recovers it himself. And at this point in the game, it was... This was a tie game at this point. Because, uh, yeah, because this is this is right after the fourth down uh, turnover. Uh, Aaron Jones couldn't convert on fourth and one Marshawn Lattimore coming down Malcolm Jenkins the DBs making the the tackle on fourth and one I know Collinsworth mentioned that but yeah Lattimore maybe the play of the game for him and again he you're shutting down Valdez Scantling which again for Rodgers is just I'm just gonna avoid that right this so it was this was probably the most impactful play he had on the game and and you know if the Saints don't turn it over there they may actually have regained a lead which they hadn't had since what first quarter uh, I guess no, no. They took. They were. They were up at halftime. Yeah, they, the this Emmanuel Sanders touchdown referred to already. Uh, but it was. I think. I think at that point it would have been the first time since uh, the opening drive of the second half where the Packers regained the lead with the touchdown, uh, the Mercedes Lewis touchdown. Um, so that that was huge. That like moment of that game, uh, definitely the play of the game to, to for Smith to come in, force the fumble, give the Packers the ball back. They at least get a field goal to take the lead, and then from there. Uh, they, I mean, they get the other, the other touchdown. Uh, that was the, that was the Robert Tanyan touchdown, I believe. And then, uh, the Saints score their touchdown at the end. But for the most part of the, the game all hinged on that's the Darius Smith play. And then the, the subsequent incredibly, well, it was the, not the field goal drive, but the, the touchdown drive, they drained so much clock. Uh, there was a... I think when they took the ball, they took possession of the ball. There was less than seven minutes left, and then it was close to two minute warning by the time the Saints had the ball back. And it was two about two and a half minutes left, so they drained at least four minutes of game time on that drive too, which was just as key as scoring, um, obviously. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't have much else to say. I guess name the the player of the game. I've kind of danced around it all game, and as much as you know. Because of how well the offensive line played, um, Cameron Jordan really didn't factor in as as nearly as much as I thought he would. I mean, anytime Bakhtiari covered him, you forget it, done. Um, but even like Billy Turner to cover him a couple times, and I thought managed pretty well. Again, not, struggles in the first quarter, but went on really strong. So you could really give it to either offensive tackle. But I'm going to say just because of how complex the Saints defense was, and you get no Marcus Davenport. But how much dissecting Aaron Rodgers had to do, how how much you know pre-snap changes, how much of a chess match that game really was, and quarterback duel between two future Hall of Famers and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, and Rodgers comes out on top. Uh, and again, the, the Packers complete team victory again. Two penalties, no turnovers, unless you count turnover on down as a turnover. Then they did have the one turnover, uh, but this isn't the CFL. We don't count those as actual turnovers for some reason. <laughs> but regardless, I, I think this this is a game. You know, you could maybe give it to Lazard just because. Okay, 146 yards. The numbers are strong, but really, Rogers, the throws he would made made throughout this game, finding the open guy every single time, adjusting the plays. 
this was this was a, a game for Rodgers. This is one where it really the credit goes to him. So player of the game this time had to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, part of it me also didn't want to. I want to. I don't also want to repeat any of these either. I kind of like to keep it a different player every time. Um, so it's for me part of it was I wanted to save Rodgers for the perfect game, but honestly, this might be the perfect game. So maybe that takes the pressure off there and can find some other players to talk about every week. But uh, uh, full credit to the. The Packers team in general, but of course, massive credit goes to Aaron Rodgers. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Full Press Packers podcast. Um, you can download the Full Press Coverage app for access to all of the great work at Full Press Coverage. You can also follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers or myself, Kyle Senra at Senra Says. So until next time, Thank you for listening to the Full Press Packers Pod. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.